Hey there, Badger fans. It's John again with the Bucky Cast. Hope everyone had a good week. Hope everyone was able to survive Saturday night. It was it was a little dicey there, but um, you know we're we're on to the next week. It is on to the next week. And while you know it was it was a terrible game night in terms of the results, uh, the season is still wide open. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing has crashed and burned yet. So we're going to talk, we're going to talk about that again, about the Washington state game. We're going to talk about why it was bad, but we're also going to discuss the second half, which was a little more promising. And then we're also going to discuss, you know, going into the Georgia Southern game. There's still hope. I've titled episode, this is episode 14 of season three, and I've titled it A Dark Past, But a Glorious Future. So we're going to talk about that dark past, and we're going to put it aside. We're going to go on to the future. We're going to talk a little men's and women's soccer. We're going to talk some women's volleyball, too. Uh, Not a lot of other news from the other Badger sports, although they are uh, coming very, very soon. Um, Hockey and for both men's and women's and men's and women's basketball will be starting up come October. So lots to look forward to there. Uh, Bucky Cast is going to have a women's soccer interview finally. Uh, that's going to come out this week. So that'll be fun. Uh, once again, you can follow us at the Bucky Cast on Twitter slash X. Otherwise, the Bucky Cast 43 at gmail.com. Uh, still have Instagram, haven't done much with it. Um, hoping to get, get that going. That again is just the Bucky Cast. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, again, just the Bucky cast. All right, let's get into things. Uh, number one, we're going to start off with the, the good side of, of what happened with, with soccer, the women's soccer team this last week. Uh, pulled off a 3-2 win over Loyola. Um, that It was actually a surprisingly close game, um, considering I think the Badgers were way more talented but they wound up they wound up winning, which was what they had to do. Uh, and then they also wound up picking up the win against Marquette, battle for Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, that turned out that turned out fantastically. Again, very close. They managed to pull it out in the end, though. That's that's the important part. Uh, in that three-two win, Wisconsin got goals from Arissa Mart. Uh, Addie Boer and Emma Jet Emma Jazz Connect. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be interviewing her. I need to know how this is pronounced. I think I'm gonna make that question one of the interview. Please pronounce your last name correctly. Um, anyway, uh, the last two goals were solos. Arison, Arissa or Arison, geez, Arissa part was assisted by Maddie Ishaw on the uh, on the first goal. So um, you know a, a that was a good game um, or a good match. Erin um, McKinney, not as much of a brick wall as she has been in the past, but you no, know, the offense picked her up um, against Marquette. I believe she only faced three shots. Uh, Marquette was, is not as talented as Wisconsin. They had a really hard time uh, getting to the, to the net uh, period. So um, that one, I believe the goal, let me check on that. Uh, that's right. Uh, Izzy, Verd- Izzy Verdugo 
scored the goal on that one on a header in the 78th minute off an assist from Emma J. I'll say J until I get her correct pronunciation. Um, so women's soccer now sitting at 5-1-2 and two going into conference play. Their next match is on the 15th. So this upcoming Friday, they're going to be at Nebraska. And then they get a good amount of time off, six full days. And then they are home against Iowa on the 21st. So we'll have time to talk about that um, next week. But again, Wisconsin's women's soccer team is looking pretty gosh darn good after they had some early season scoring problems. Um, Doing much better now. Uh, The men's soccer team has gone in the opposite direction, unfortunately. Uh, They are no longer ranked. Um, that ended very quickly. Um, they, they've had two matches last week, one against Mercer and then one against Marquette. The Marquette match was one that I didn't necessarily expect them to win. Uh, Marquette's very good. They're undefeated on the season. If I remember correctly, um, Mercer, not that great. And the Badgers could only manage a nothing, nothing tie. Um, coming off of a loss to UIC, this felt like a, a really disappointing outcome, especially because Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin outshot them. Just checking the stat here, 13 to four, 13 to four. <laughs> That's a lot. Nine, they had nine corner kicks to one corner kick for Mercer and yet a nothing, nothing tie. Now that, that happens sometimes. And a tie is is better than a loss. It's better than a loss. It's just true. Um, but sometimes the, the ball just doesn't go in. Doesn't go in the net. Um, can't can't do much about that. But um, this was just like, you know, it it, it left a it leaves a really bad taste in your mouth to not score a goal for two matches. Uh, finally got on the board against Marquette. Uh, Tim Bilek with a goal there. But they were beaten three to one. Um, they only had three shots on goal. That's that's bad. Um, they it felt like Wisconsin just even off of just I didn't watch it. I just looking at Twitter. Um, I was like, boy, they're really overmatched here, aren't they? It was a it was a rough match from the sound of it. Lots of yellow cards for Marquette. I believe they had a total of like sixteen. Was it 16 penalties? I think I saw. I know they got a red card at some point, um, which made the fact that the Badgers still only had three shots on goal that much more aggravating. But um, yeah, they were they were getting hit with yellow cards left and right, and it just felt like Wisconsin. I think got battered, beaten up, and pushed around by their in-state rival. Um, reminder, though, this is still a rebuilding project. Um, and soccer was not really very good at all last year. And so this has still been an improvement on what happened last season. Um, upcoming matches, the Badgers have a couple coming up in the next week. Uh, first off, on the 15th, they're going to be at Indiana. So on the same night, the women's soccer team opens on the road against Nebraska. Men's soccer opens at Indiana. And then on the 19th, they're going to be home against Northwestern. Got to beat the nerds. Got to beat them. Can't let them take in men's soccer. 
On to happier news, the women's volleyball team, still number one uh, in the country, coming off two straight set sweeps against Arizona and Miami, um, 25-17, 25-21, and 25-20 against Arizona. Miami was even worse, 25-11, Normally I would rattle through some stats, but really everyone has just been looking with really good. Badgers still having those inconsistency problems though. Um, and the one player that I, I wanted to point out, especially um, Temi Thomas-Alara, who is sort of like watching Brett Favre. I finally got to watch her play. Um, I haven't been to a match yet this year, but I got to watch it on television. And I finally got to see her serve. The last time I watched it on television, I don't think she played. Um, her serve is incredible. That is, that is a rocket bomb from Mars every time she hits it. And you never know what it's going to do. In fact, uh, TTA probably doesn't know what it's going to do when it comes off her hand. Uh, throw, throws the ball way up in the air. I'm waiting for it to hit the ceiling. And then just pounds it. And that sucker flies at all angles. Uh, really, Wisconsin this last week, um, between MJ Hamill, Izzy Ashburn, and, and TTA, just aces serving all over the place. Um, great, great serves. Um, fantastic from, from that back line. The problem with TTA is that she's like Brett Favre and she makes all these jaw-dropping plays, these incredible kills with power, um, the, the service aces. Um, I think she had six. I want to say in, in one of these, I can't, I'm losing track of which match it was. But yeah, I think it was against Arizona. She had six in a row at one point. And the problem with her is every time she gets on a run or you see a great serve or two from her, the next one's a service error right into the net. Um, so she, she'll get a rally going, then kill it. And then couple that with usually making a couple of, uh, of service, either a, a, a serve receive error or a, a, a killant or that gets that gets blocked, um, just it's, it's mind boggling. And then she'll come back, and two two or three uh, ro- next rotation in, she's killing it again. Um, she could if she was consistent, she'd be an all American, and there wouldn't be any questions about it. But there's just no consistency there. And there hasn't been yet this year. And I'm, I'm really hoping that comes for her. But it, it's maddening. It's like Brett Favre with, you know, his four touchdown incredible games and then his four interception disasters. You know, these things happen in a match. <laughs> Sometimes in the same set. So um, just, yeah, still still fun to watch. That's the other thing that's Brett Favre. She's just fun to watch. Even when she has a service error, it's like, well, it was still pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, TTA, um, one of those players that frustrates you and, and, and thrills you at the same time. Um, I already mentioned the, the great service, the great serving that, that we had, the great service. I guess fantastic, fantastic food there at the field. I'm kidding. I had no service there. Um, Badgers have added a 2024 walk-on, um, setter Morgan Van Wee. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. 
Awanaki natives, so much like myself, uh, my warrior pride bursting through here. Um, the Badgers need players, et cetera. They're probably going to get one in the transfer portal. They're bringing in Charlie Fuhrbringer, who is the top-ranked, I think the top or second-to-top-ranked setter in the country. I know she's a top-five, top-ten recruit. Um, but outside of her, uh, Morgan Van Wee is, is probably going to be there um, as an emergency, but I'm pretty sure the Badgers are going to have to go on the transfer portal and find a setter because Izzy Ashburn and MJ Hamill aren't coming back. There's a slight chance MJ Hamill could come back for her COVID year, but um, she's pretty much sounding like she's done, uh, which is which is sad because she's really come on in the last couple of matches. So um, sad to see. But the next week is murder week for the Badgers. In fact, tomorrow night is the uh, match against Marquette at Pfizer Forum. It's going to be packed. I think it's sold out already. So um, if you want tickets for that, you're going to have to ask a scalper. Um, tremendous, tremendous uh, match in terms of momentum for the Badgers. If they can win that one, that, that really gets the season going really well. Um, their next match after that, I believe, is on Sunday. I think it's on Sunday. Yes. Um, and that is... the. Wait. I may be wrong again. It might be Saturday. It could be Saturday. But they're at Florida. And that is a tough one. Florida beat them in, in uh, a five-set match. In When we set the record, the previous attendance record, um, at the Cole Center. And so now, um, you know, they're, they're going into the, the swamp. It's not really the swamp. But uh, they're going to Ocala and... Uh, I just, it's not one I have I have high hopes for. I'm just, you want to see them battle the four or five sets, but that's a really tough road game to win. If they win it, then I'm calling national championship because that is a that is a tough road to hoe, is beating both Marquette and uh, Florida on the road. Good stuff, though, for the volleyball team. Still undefeated, still number one. All right, let's get to the, actually we'll do recruiting first. I'll throw some recruiting news out there. Badgers with four offers just in the last couple of days. Um, prior to that, they hadn't really done much. Um, tight end Lincoln, this is, a, this is an awesome name, folks. Lincoln Cure. <laughs> I, hope it's, I hope it's pronounced that way. A 2025 tight end out of Goodland, Kansas. Big, tall kid. Um, runs like a wide receiver, so he's got plenty of athleticism. I think Penn State just offered him, so he's blowing up a little bit. Um, getting the Big Ten offers, I know he wants to go see Happy Valley. That if he goes for a whiteout, that might be it. He might go there. But um, yeah, Wisconsin threw in a scholarship offer there. He's he's the kind of a big H back sort of tight end that Wisconsin would really be able to use in an air raid style offense. So. Let's let's hope they can they can get in on him. I haven't heard any tight end recruiting news lately. Nothing that nothing that's worth passing passing on or even considering. So I don't know if they're just striking out with everyone and thus they have to offer more tight ends, or I don't know how that's working. Uh, Nazir Newkirk, uh, Naz by his Twitter handle, uh, out of Dudley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. 
185, big wide receiver, uh, can really use his body well to, to screen out the defender. Um, big bite, strong. He's very strong. Uh, breaks a lot of tackles. Not afraid to go over the middle. Um, really kind of like, that's sort of the outside wide receiver that you want. Um, or a bigger guy for the slot. Is just someone that's not got a lot of fear in him. And he did, I don't, I don't think he's got like elite speed, but it's sort of good enough speed where um it he's he's a threat to take it. So um this I'm I'm pretty sure he's gonna be a, a 247 composite four-star shortly, uh, which will kind of probably put him out of reach. North Carolina, not really a traditional Wisconsin recruiting hotbed or at least not in the last couple of years. Uh, Justin Hill out of Win- Winton Woods uh, High School in Cincinnati. This, he's a 2025 edge linebacker, and his, I, he's one of those guys where I watched his huddle film, and after five minutes through a 10-minute film, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm sold. You don't have to show me anymore, I believe. Um, can line up on the edge, although I think he needs a little more bulk. He just looks like he could line up at any linebacker position to be good. Very, very fast, very speedy. Um, can just uh, explode off the violent tackler. Just He's got all those things that you want uh, out of your linebacker. Tough, fast, big, um, obviously extremely athletic, um, and can just can just – Bust plays wide open. Just he's a, he's a wrecking ball, and he's a six foot four wrecking ball, six three, six four, just great. And that's why I have very little hope that we can drag him out of that out of out of Ohio. If Ohio State doesn't get him, Michigan will try. Penn State, Kentucky, you name it, they'll be after him. And so Wisconsin, I, I don't know if they're going to get it or not, but. um one other, uh, excuse me, one other scholarship offer that went out uh, was a 2024 class player, uh, Lugard Udokpai, oh, this is hard to say, Lugard Udokpai II, uh, defensive end slash edge rusher, also plays tight end on offense, uh, out of Bishop McNamara High School in District Heights, Maryland, which I'm assuming is a suburb of uh, either Baltimore or D.C., um, I, what I saw mainly was, um, two games worth of highlights. He didn't have much else out there, uh, but watching just those two games worth of highlights, you can see why all of a sudden teams are starting to offer him scholarships, big, long, rangy defensive end, six foot six, like 225. So he needs some more weight to him, but he's one of those kids that absolutely you can bust up to like 265, 270. Big athletic frame, um, very, extremely violent tackler. Uh, looks like he's trying to break the quarterback in two. Um, I, I don't want to rein that stuff in. I like some mean folks. I like some mean. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a linebacker or a safety or a, 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 an edge rusher or an offensive lineman, make him mean. And that's absolutely what he is. He's just he's he's a mean looking dude. Um, saw a couple of tight end plays by him too. I don't know if the Badgers are even considering him at tight end. Um, the one worry I have is that he's so tall, you know, you don't want to get in that Isaiah Green May situation where they're they're very tall but very lean. 
um, especially, you know, a, a raw looking player like him out of, out of uh, high school. Um, you don't, you know, the, you don't want to wind up like trying to make him into something he's not and not be able to do it. So um, it looks like, you know, if, if the Badgers want one of those taller edge rushers, um, he looks like he could be the guy to do it. I don't think he'd have any problems putting on 20 pounds. When you try and get up to like 265, 270, can he put on that weight and get up there and still be as explosive and violent as he is? Um, so that's that's an offer that I could see Wisconsin possibly getting into the game on that one. And I think they do seem as a defensive end. I believe Greg Scruggs made the offer. Although I'm sure Colin Hitchler was involved somehow because he's the East Coast guru. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wait on that one. But um first 2024 offer I think they've made since July. So um late budding action here in the 2024 class, which is pretty much filled up anyway. All right, let's get off of recruiting. Let's talk a little turkey here. By turkey, I mean what what uh what the Badgers looked like on, on Saturday night, at least in the first half against Washington State. Going into the Washington State game, they were saying all the right things. We we're totally focused on this. We want revenge. We want to return the favor of what they did to us last year when Washington State embarrassed Wisconsin 17 to 14 on their own home field. Um, the Badgers never got anything going, even though they piled up tons of offense, um, totally dominated the, the Washington State offense except for a couple of turnovers that wound up turning into touchdowns. Uh, missed a bunch of field goals. Yeah, every, everything that could go wrong to cost a, a superior team a loss to an inferior team happened. This year, as almost as soon as the game started, you could clearly tell this was not a superior Wisconsin team playing an inferior Washington State team. This is a fired up, incredibly focused Washington State team playing a very tentative looking Wisconsin team that did not look like it had its ducks in a row going out there. I realized that Washington State had filled up that stadium. It was very loud. You could hear it. You could hear it on TV. It was, it was, it was an incredibly raucous environment. That is the smallest stadium Wisconsin is going to play in this season. So if you think that's a lot of noise, they're going to play in much bigger stadiums than that. They're going to make a lot more noise than that. Uh, you think that that's crazy. Wait until we're battling Minnesota for the axe on friggin' Thanksgiving weekend. That's going to be nuts. Uh, but yeah. the first half was just so abominably bad. Um, you know, guys just had, they had bad games. Uh, some players who you wouldn't expect to have a bad game, veteran players who are considered to be, you know, NFL prospects. We'll get to that in a minute. But they they just, Wisconsin absolutely went out there and looked shell-shocked that it was so loud and that Washington State came to play. And uh, it was a disaster. It was honestly a disaster. The first half, you know, they couldn't run the football. They couldn't finish drives. They moved the ball some, but all those drives ended in, in field goals. So Wisconsin did find out they have a field goal kicker. Uh, 
Nathaniel Vacos uh, nailed three field goals, including one from 40 plus yards and made it look easy. So that was nice, but they still only scored nine points. You would expect a touchdown or something. Braylon Allen got two carries in the first half, two. They, you just don't see that happen. And Braylon Allen didn't exactly cover himself in glory in this game, but um, it was it was ugly. The defense looked completely clueless. They could not corral Cam Ward. They could not cover downfield. Uh, Evan Flood of, of uh, Badger247 uh, posted on Twitter, this has Ohio State uh, last year vibes to it. And it did. You know, there, there's three wide receivers running down the field. No one's even looking to cover them. They're just sort of dropping back and looking around. You can't have that. Uh, Kamoi Latu finally got pulled. They pulled him. Kamoi Latu had a bad game the first game. Uh, this was even worse. I think he had the lowest PFF grade on the whole team. Uh, so he got pulled for Preston Zachman, and things got better after that. Uh, Kamoi Latu, I saw on, on uh, I forget if it was Twitter or, or if it was just the pregame or, or what. But I saw him running around and, you know, down by the student section, you know, calling for the, he wanted the smoke. He, he wanted all that action. And I don't know if he got just too hyped up, but um, he, he, he had a terrible game, just awful. Alexander Smith, who had a, 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 a not very good game the first game against Buffalo, had an equally not very good game. And he's supposed to be the number one corner. Uh, Car uh, right now, Ricardo Holman is Wisconsin's best cornerback, as far as I can tell. Uh, we haven't really seen much of the backups, so it's hard to say. I don't think Nicier Forkorin even played. That was it, there were a number of puzzling decisions in this game by the coaching staff. Uh, from you know, throw they threw six swing passes out to Braylon Allen for I think a grand total of less than 20 yards. Uh, none of them worked. He is currently, I believe, our leading receiver. And he has yet to bust any sort of big, I, at least I'd, I'd have to think about Buffalo and remember if he had a, a long play from a swing pass. But they just seem really intent on throwing him the football. And I'm not really sure why, other than he said, you know, I want 50 catches. Well, that's great if they're 50, if they're like, you know, if 80% of them are good throws, it looked like Tanner Mordecai sometimes just dropped back and just turned and threw it to him, almost as though it was called that way. And I don't know why they were doing that. Um, Mike Tressel's <clears throat> defensive scheme in the first half was not good. The players were not prepared. And I, had, I, I tweeted very harshly after that game that there were a lot of players there who didn't look like they belonged in a, in a Power 5 school. Or at least didn't belong at Wisconsin. I should amend that. They played in that game. Like they didn't want to be at Wisconsin. They didn't even want to be involved in that game. And it was very puzzling to me. Uh, I don't know what we're doing on the offensive line, but the offensive line continues to look very passive. Uh, Jack Nelson had a terrible game. I'm going to get, I, I have to save that because we're going to get to the misery index in a second. But um Boy, that was, it was a tough pill to swallow all the way around. 
Uh, Luke Fickle uh, in his in his weekly press conference as much as said this was we did we didn't come to play. We didn't come with our A game. I'm paraphrasing here, but that you know you have to come on the road against a determined opponent, and they knew it. It was telegraphed. Everyone knew Washington State was super hyped to play this game against a Big Ten team. They were super agitated by their conference going away. They were incredibly, incredibly up for this game. Their team was up for the game. They were talking smack all over the place. There was ample motivation and ample reason to be focused. And from the moment they got out in the tunnel to run on the field, the Badgers did not look like they had that focus. They looked a little dazzled by how crazy it was there in Pullman. And that just, it, it, you can't have that. You just can't have that. A lot of guys need to take a hard look in the mirror and say, can I handle power five football environments? Can I handle, you know, raucous environments? Because a lot of them proved they couldn't, at least for that game. The next road game is against Purdue. That's not necessarily a raucous environment, although Purdue does play, get to play Syracuse if they can win that game. They'll have they'll have reason to play again. Everyone's zero zero in the Big Ten right now, so I mean Purdue can be raucous. Um, I don't know how raucous they will be, but we'll find out. <laughs> oh boy, excuse me. Um, the Ohio State games would be crazy, and there's going to be a lot of Ohio State fans there. The Minnesota road game, like I said before, that's going to be nuts. Everybody wants to wants to beat up on Wisconsin while they're down or while they're perceived to be down. And these players have to step up. It can't be blamed on just the coaching staff. The coaching staff made mistakes, but all coaching staffs have those games. This is now the third different offensive coordinator, third different offensive line coach in the last three years. Offensive line cannot continue to play like this. I realize they're missing Jake Renfro. That shouldn't matter that much. And it, it was it was brutal. It made me embarrassed. It was embarrassing. It was an embarrassing thing to put out on TV. Does that mean the season's over? No. Does that mean they can't recover from this? No. Does that mean coaches should be fired? Which was the most ridiculous thing I saw out on, on in the Twitterverse and the social media universe. No. You're not going to fire coaches after two games. The Luke Fickle era is not a disaster because we lost at Washington State. But it was embarrassing to go in knowing that this was a this was not a must-win game, but a should-win game. And to, to walk in and just, you know, get embarrassed like that. Um, they got punched in the mouth and they just fell. Now, in the second half, I do have to talk about the second half. Second half, much better. Uh, the air raid actually started to come out. Receivers were catching balls down the field. Wisconsin finally opened things up a little bit. Uh, Chesma Lucy got going a little bit. And then, of course, he had the, the fumble that really wasn't. Um, uh, that, was, that was a gutting, uh, gutting call in that game. Wisconsin, I think, might have taken the lead if Chesma Lucy didn't fumble. But then again, last year you could say that if Clay Cundiff doesn't fumble, uh, Wisconsin very well takes the lead in that game. So 
and that's Chesma Lucy's first career fumble. I didn't know that. He'd never fumbled before. And so I, 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 he, he took that hard. And I, you know, you can't blame him. But at the same time, Chesma Lucy didn't lose that game for Wisconsin. Uh, you know, Tanner Mordecai didn't lose that game for Wisconsin either. Tanner Mordecai actually played pretty well. He had two fumbles, including a strip sack for a touchdown. That was galling. But, you know, neither one of those were really his fault. He might have held the ball a little longer than he should have, but I don't know what kind of plays were developing down the field. Uh, he just got mauled uh, from behind. There's When you're back ready to throw, it's very hard to hold on to that football when somebody unexpectedly clubs on it. So, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was just part of the disappointment. Um, really just the, the lack of fight in that first half was the embarrassing part. And then the inability of the defense to get off the field. Um, the, I, I saw a couple other people mention this on other message boards that third down play where Cam Ward wound up rushing for, um, you know, close to 20 yards and getting that final dagger in that, that, you know, was set up their touchdown. Jordan Turner was spying on that play and Jordan Turner inexplicably when Cameron Ward started to scramble, ran straight into an offensive lineman, like straight as an arrow right into him. And Cam Ward was gone. I don't know what he was doing. I can't explain that. I mean, someone's got to come up with an explanation. I, I almost would love to ask Jordan, what, what did you see on that play that made you do that? Because it, it was just, I saw replay after replay, I rewatched the game. I don't know why he did it. He wasn't even really aiming at Cam Ward. I, I don't know. The second half was better. The second half was better. The second half gave me hope that at least the offense can come out of these doldrums that they're in. Um, but that offensive line has got to play harder. Wisconsin could not run the football against Washington State. That can't happen again. I'm sorry, there's no reason that should happen again. And if they are having trouble running, then they, we need to bust out the deep pass a lot sooner than we did. And our pass protection has to hold up. Anyway, closing it out with the misery index, uh, Kamoi Latu, straight 10 out of 10. Just a just an awful game. Um, I, 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 you can't bury him yet, but you know one more bad performance, and how can you even put him in there? Um, it, it just he doesn't. He's not covering. He's not tackling. He's not. He, he's not a force, and I, I can't conceive of any reason to play him if he's not at least an intimidating force in the middle of that defense. And missing tackles is just, it's become inexcusable at this point. You don't just forget how to tackle in an offseason. I don't know what happened. Um, Jack Nelson. Uh, I've got to give Jack an 8 out of 10 on this one. Um, he just, I don't, you can't say any one player cost Wisconsin that game. Jack Nelson came pretty close. Uh, if a guy is, I realize no one wants more penalties. But if a guy's got a straight shot at your quarterback, you don't just let him go and then say, you know, oh, my God. Um, straight out tackle that dude. <laughs> it, it may be called as a penalty, but at least you're not setting your quarterback up for, for a smack in the back. Don't 
let your quarterback get hit. Yes, the 10-yard penalty would be annoying. It would have been annoying anyway, but it would have, wouldn't have been disastrous. The two missed plays he had, the two missed pass blocks were disasters, straight up. Other than, you know, for the for one of them, Wisconsin managed to hold Washington State without scoring. Ooh. Braylon Allen probably gets up to six, or I'm going to say 5.5 out of 10, because when he did run the football, he wasn't running it very well. He wasn't running very hard. Uh, the swing passes, I've talked about that. They were ridiculous. Um, but, you know, he, he needs to get the ball more and in a little bit better situations than he did. Um, Wisconsin couldn't bust it outside. Um, they couldn't seem to get an open hole. That falls to the offensive line. Um, I would have included Michael Furtney on the index, but I didn't pay specific attention other than I, there were at least a few plays where I saw Michael Furtney just get stood up by a guy and it seemed to be constant. And I'm pretty sure he got pulled for Trey Wedding. I don't know where Trey Wedding wound up playing on the offensive line, but I'm pretty sure it was for Furtney. <sighs> it was ugly, but we're going to move on. I'm done with that dark past. This was not a game that destroyed Wisconsin's season by any stretch of the imagination. Not by any stretch. So we're going to talk about Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern's a team that's already 2-0 on the year. They are a dangerous team. <coughs> Coached by Todd um, Clay Helton. Sorry, I almost got his name wrong there. I almost said Todd Helton, which would be really weird. Um, Coached by Clay Helton, the former USC head coach, who evidently does very well at group of five schools. Um, Georgia Southern came out of nowhere to make a bowl game last year and upset Nebraska. So this is a definitely dangerous team that can score a lot of points. Um, they've got a really good quarterback. Well, not a he's not going to knock your socks off like Cam Ward did. But uh, De David Brin is not a quarterback who is doing badly by any stretch of the imagination. Eighty per, Near 80% completion percentage. He's around 78 points something. That's pretty good. Uh, Derwin Burgess Jr. is their star wide receiver. Already 14 receptions on the season and two touchdowns. Their offense does not average a lot of yards per catch. 10-11 um, is the top number I think I saw for their wide receivers. So they're not a big play offense. They'll just grind you down. This is another spread off, spread team. It's another, another air raid style offense. And they do it very well. They put up 45 points on uh, UAB. Now, UAB isn't great. But they're they're a decent uh, they're a decent team, and um, Georgia Southern just you know blew their doors off, and they shut out the Citadel. Although considering the Citadel's football record over the years, that may not be that great of an achievement. So Wisconsin's going to have to show up. Wisconsin's going to have to show up to play. The questions I have: Who will start at safety? Are they going to throw Kamoilatu out there for one more try? Or are they going to switch it over and go to Preston Zachman, who played much better uh, than, than uh, Latu did? So will they make a switch up there? I can tell you right now, um, Hunter Wohler's not going anywhere. Uh, Muma Jongmet is not going anywhere. James Thompson Jr. isn't going anywhere. Uh, the rest of the guys on that defense, I don't know. <laughs> um, another question. Tack so tackling... 
making impact plays. Once again, Wisconsin didn't have any impact plays against Washington State. No turnovers. They did finally get some sacks. Um, so that was nice. But can they finally get a pass rush going? They're going to have to get a pass rush. They're going to have to get arms in the air. They're going to have to do something to disrupt the passing game for Georgia Southern. And they're going to have to make sure that they cover the run because they'll run it a little bit on you too. Oh, boy. They have to tackle. They have to tackle better than they have these last two games. Missed tackles are killing Wisconsin's defense. Killing it. Um, Final score prediction for this one. I'm going to go a little pessimistic, but not totally pessimistic. I'm going to say... I'm going to give Wisconsin the win on this one. I would be be silly as a Badger fan not to pick them to win, Um, especially against a group of five team. But I think this one might be closer than people expect. I think Wisconsin's got a lot of kinks to work out yet. Uh, I'm going to call it 35-31 as the final score. I was really close last week on the the final score for um, Washington State. I did predict that Washington State would win. I was off by three points on their score and two points on the Badgers score. So I'm not going to say I'm proud of that. I really wish I had been wrong, but um, uh, hopefully this at least turns out to be accurate that the Badgers win. I would love to see them put 50 on Georgia Southern. That would be great. UAB scored a lot of points on them, but um, you know, I don't know if the offense is fully clicking, clicking yet. If it does, if Wisconsin comes out with a determined mindset, and plays hard throughout the game, that would put a lot of Badger fear, Badger fans' fears to rest. But they have to do they have to do that look in the mirror and say, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do going forward. They have to get aggressive, they have to play hard, and they've got to go from the moment they walk in the stadium. It's just got to be go time. Last week's effort will not will not work. This is a dangerous enough team, Georgia Southern, that if Wisconsin plays lackadaisically at all, they'll get upset, just like Nebraska did last year. And I really do not want to see Wisconsin lose to a group of five team. I can't remember the last time we lost to a group of five team. It's been probably like 15 years at least. I'm probably missing one in there, but regardless, it's been a while. So Wisconsin, I'm predicting them to win, but they got to come out that's going to do it for the show. Um, I want to encourage everyone to follow us on Twitter at the Bucky cast. Otherwise the Bucky cast at gmail.com. Again, the Bucky cast on YouTube. At least we have YouTube content, um, Instagram. And, and I've, I, I don't even know why I would update Facebook at this point. I don't know who visits it other than to update people on their family. And I, I have my own Facebook for that. So anyway, uh, Until next time, people, this is John saying peace out, folks.